0: Log TALK RADIO
1: You're listening to Free on the Inside, your host, Mr. Choi Lewis, and this is the day what the Lord had made. Let us rejoice and be glad of it. Ministry of Ministry to meet and our young men and women at risk. We want to say hello to Beverly Beeler and her staff over at Grand Place Ministry. We want to say hello to Pastor Kevin. He hosts our upcoming conference in about four months. It's we are. What is that time? Once again, we have at our conference. This time is, uh, uh, we we're embedding women in our conference. So we give you more information about it. We like to for you to come out. We are inviting you personally to be a part of this year's conference. We've been doing this a number of years. But you know what? It might not just it might not just be the same without you. I'm gonna put it that way. I am inviting you. We have a great time each week. Uh each week we're on this show. We have a great time each year that we put together this conference and we thank God for allowing us to do that. We thank God for the men and women that uh that uh, uh, that they make themselves available to come out. We'll have some great uh, sessions of uh, teaching, words of encouragement, and good food. So, again, that's going to be May the 18th. We encourage you to come on out and be a part of that conference. Uh, I don't have a guest this morning, uh, but my co host will be on here, Charlotte, Brother Richard Daniel, and we're just going to encourage you with words and with some. And we're going to do something with, uh, uh, with uh, 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 Martin Luther King this morning. I'm sorry, I got a little bit distracted. That the phone lines are lighting up here, so we may bring some uh, callers in shortly. But we're going to do a, uh, a speech for Martin Luther King, one of the speeches that he done to a group of high school students. This was back in um, some time ago in October of 65, I believe is the date on it. I may have that wrong, so let me look that up and get get it right here. And so we'll we'll be back with you shortly to give you more information on that. But we're going to have that speech coming up here shortly. here. But, again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. And you, too, can be a part of the program. Again, that calling number is 310-982-4126. And I'd like to encourage you to come on out and be a uh, Come on online and be a part of what we're doing here. Today, we're going over to the Cottrell House. This is our third year going over there. We go there once a month and we do uh, what, what the ministry is that we do is worship encouragement. Then we also do a birthday uh, celebration. The young men have birthday and they're incarcerated, so we want to let them know that they still value it. Let them know that, uh, that God has forgot about them. Along with the birthday uh, presentation, we also. Uh, develop some life skill courses Some of the courses that we talked to them Was about how to tie a tie so, uh, About gardening We're going to start up our garden again This is our third year with our garden And so we're excited about that. The, the young men excited about the garden And then we always get a new group of young men So everything is always fresh And that's what the word of God is I don't care how many times you've heard it Or been exposed to it It's always fresh Or it should be fresh in your life But uh, we're going to, again, give out that call-in number, number 310 9241 two forty one twenty six, And you, too, can call in to be a part of uh, of the program and voice your opinion and let us know what's going on with you, you know, because your thoughts and your comments is is valuable and worthy. And so uh, at this time here, we're going to go ahead and and do the one of the Kings feature that's going to come up here. But again, I like to get out that call in number. That number's three one oh uh nine eight two forty one twenty six. That that call in number for you two to call in to be a part of the show is three one oh nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again that number's three one oh nine eight two forty one twenty six. And this speech is from Martin Luther King at at Burnett High School in in Philadelphia, October the nineteen sixty seven. So enjoy this short speech by Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther King, Jr. And we'll be uh, bringing that up here shortly here. We're excited about what's going on, amen. So we want to encourage you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we are uh, we, uh, looking forward to Brother uh, brother Daniel uh, coming on here shortly here and give us his opinion Regarding things that's going on in his life and life of the ministry, Amen. So, uh, here, here this uh, clip is, and we have Martin Luther King, but we have another one by him. It says, "A Knock at Midnight, February 11, 1962." February 11, 1962, with Martin Luther King. So, kick back, enjoy, and be back with you shortly.
2: parables of our Lord and Master found in the 11th chapter of the Gospel as recorded by St. Luke. It begins at the fifth verse, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For the friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. And I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many, as he needed. Now this is a parable dealing with the
3: power
2: of persistent prayer. But one of the things we always notice about the parables of Jesus is that although they were always told to get over one basic thought You can usually find in every parable of Jesus great facets of thought not intended as the main point. And as I look at this parable, I see within it a basic outline And the basic guide in dealing with many of the problems that we confront in our nation and in the world today and the role of the church. Now the first thing that we notice in this parable is that it is midnight. It is also midnight in our world today. We are experiencing a darkness so deep that we can hardly see
3: Order.
2: Now, the Middle East has had the headlines over the last few days, but it should not all cause us to forget that there is another war, it's a futile, bloody, costly war taking place on Asian soil. Vietnam, and what do we see? We see the rice fields of a little Asian country being burned at will and toppled at whim. We see innocent peasants and little children being burned with napalm. Then we see the fine young men of our country, dying in mounting numbers. All of this is indicative of the fact that it's midnight.
3: The
2: nations of the world are engaged in a bitter and tragic contest for supremacy, And you see, the real danger is that if we don't change our course in this world, all of the modern weapons of warfare will soon conspire to bring an untimely death to the human family on this globe. The late President Kennedy was right. Mankind must put an end to war. A war will put an end to mankind. Not only is it midnight in man's collective life, but it's midnight in his individual life. It's midnight in the psychological order. People are more worried, more frustrated today than at any period of human history, so many of us find that clouds of anxiety are floating in our mental skies, the psychopathic wards of our hospitals are full today. Popular psychologists today, they are the psychoanalysts who delve into the inner chambers of the subconscious. What are the popular books in psychology? They are books entitled Man Against Himself, Modern Man in Search of the Soul, The Neurotic Personality of Our Times. What are the popular books, the bestsellers in religion today? They are books entitled. Peace of mind, peace of soul, and who are the popular preachers? There are so often preachers who would preach nice little soothing sermons on how to be happy, how to relax,
3: how to keep your blood pressure down, and so we have retranslated the gospel to read, go ye into all the
2: world, and keep your blood pressure down, and lo, I will make you a well-adjusted personality. <laughs> all of this is indicative of the fact yeah. that it is midnight in the psychological order. Yeah. Not only that, it's midnight in the moral order. Midnight is the time when all colors lose their. Design. And everything becomes merely a dirty shade of gray.
3: In the sense of the moral order,
2: midnight is the time when all moral values lose their distinctiveness. world today for so many people there's nothing absolutely right nothing absolutely wrong just a matter of what the majority of people are doing. Uh-huh. I know. Over and over again we see this most we live by the philosophy. Everybody is doing it, so it must be all right. It's midnight in the moral order. And you know, midnight is a time when uh, everybody's trying to get by. And this is exactly what we have done so often we have ended up with our ethical relativism feeling that the only thing right is to get by, and the only thing wrong is to get caught. And so today we don't talk about the Darwinian survival of the fittest, that's was the spirit that came along but for us it's a philosophy of the survival of the slickest. Nobody is concerned about obeying the Ten Commandments in so many instances. They are not important. Everybody is busy trying to obey the Eleventh Commandment. Thou shalt not get caught.
3: According
2: to this Magic philosophy, it's all right to lie, but just lie with a bit of finesse. It's all right to exploit and rob, but be a dignified explorer so that when you do it, it becomes embezzlement rather than just steal. It's all right even to hate, but dress your hate in the garments of love and make it appear that you are loving when you are actually hating. Just get by. In the moral order. But as in the parable, so in our world today, the deep darkness of the midnight is interrupted by a knock. The parable talked about this man seeking three loaves of bread, physical bread. In our world today, men and women are in search for three loaves of spiritual bread. They want the bread of faith. So many people have lost faith in themselves. They've lost faith in their neighbors. They've lost faith in God. And in the midst of this faithlessness they find themselves crying out, Lord I believe but help thy mine unbelief. They want the bread of faith. And then that is the quest the bread of hope. Yeah. Everybody needs this bread. Everybody wants it. Yeah. When you stop hoping, you die. Yeah. And yet so many people have lost hope today. They feel that they have nothing to look forward to. Yeah. So many young people have lost hope. They have become cynical. They see all of the problems of the world. So many Young men feel that there's nothing to look forward uh, to in life but going to the battlefield, giving one's life maybe in something very futile. They look around the world and they lose hope. So many people find themselves crying out with Shakespeare's like that that life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury. Signifying
3: nothing.
2: So many find themselves crying out to the philosopher Schopenhauer that life is an endless pain with a painful end. So many find themselves crying out to Paul on Stump for a crust of bread and a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile and an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a peck of trouble, and never a laugh that the moles come double, and that is life. And, uh, In the midst of this hopelessness, men and women reach out for the bread of hope. Then that is the quest for the bread of love. Everybody needs this bread. We need it in two ways. First, we need to learn how to love The great problem of mankind today is still that there's too much hatred around. More than anything else, we've got to learn to love. In America, the white man must love the black man, and the black man must love the white man because we are all tied together and a single garment of destiny. And we can't keep having riots every summer in our cities. We can't keep having all of these problems. All over our nation, our white brothers, must understand that we are too poor. And the federal government has enough money to get rid of slums and poverty and get rid of these conditions that make for riots. There's no point in continuing to make up excuses, our white brothers are about to come to see one thing. We are in America, and we are here to stay, and we've got to learn how to live together. We ain't going nowhere. That's the basic need in this country. There are 22 million Negroes that we have counted up. The census figures give us that. Now, they don't take under consideration the number of Negroes that ran when they saw the census man coming, thinking it was somebody to collect the bill. So when you add the numbers they didn't get, it's at least 30 million Negroes in America. And we are here to stay. And our white brothers have got to learn to live with now, in our anger and in our respect. The oppression and the hatred that we face, we must not, you know, turn around and do the same thing. I That's true. That's true. You see, you never solve one problem of tyranny by substituting a new tyranny. The doctrine of black supremacy is as evil as the doctrine of white supremacy. Yeah. God is not interested merely in the freedom of black men and brown men and yellow men, but God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race. The creation of a society where all men will live together as brothers, and every man will respect the dignity and the worth of human personality, and the one way that every man would be able to do this, is to remember that one word that Jesus talked about so often. That is the word love. So in the midnight hour, the life of our world and our nation, I see men and women by the thousands running toward the church of God Trying to get the bread of faith, the bread of hope, and the bread of love. Now go with me a little further, if you will. You remember when that man knocked on the door? The man on the inside said, in substance, don't bother me. I'm busy, my children are in the bed and I'm engaged in something else don't worry me so that man from within left the man on the outside disappointed at the hour of his greatest need and all oh, my friends of Mount Zion I come to you this morning having to honestly admit that the church Often left men and women disappointed yeah. at the greatest hour of need, the hour that they needed bread most. This recording is briefly interrupted at this point. I stood in Westminster Abbey not long ago in London, that great cathedral of the Church of England. And I had a marvelous experience on the one hand, an enrapturing experience. One cannot help but be moved by the beauty of the architecture with all of its gothic outpouring. But on the other hand, I had a sad experience because I had to remember that there was a day when they could honestly say that the sun never sets on the British Empire. They could say that because more than 785 million of God children were dominated by the British Empire. and The Church of England never took a significant stand against colonialism and I stood there in Westminster Abbey over the tombs of kings and queens that had been buried there. And I said to myself, the Church can die the result of the judgment of God as a result of refusing to stand up against evil. And so often, the church has left men and women disappointed at midnight. There are men who stand up in the pulpit and preach every Sunday. I'm speaking now of white preachers. And yet they can look at racial injustice never open their mouths against them. We would have peace in this world today. We could have peace in this world today. The church would really take a stand against it. There are almost a billion Christians in the world. Never forget that. We've got to go back to the fervor of the early church. Early Christians would not fight war stood up before Caesar and Caesar's household, yeah. said, no, we will not fight war. Sometimes because they wouldn't obey the, the edicts of the Roman Empire, they were born into the lion's den. They were born on the chopping block. And they went there with a hymn on their lips and praises to God, and they often went there smiling. And somebody would say it. What is it that makes you so happy? Is it in your ecclesiastical machinery? No. Is it in your creedal system? No, it's not merely that. What is it then? We are happy. And we are inspired because we love the brother and That is what it is. We've got to recapture that. I don't want to sound provincial and. Say that all of the problems are just the so-called white church. Well, the Negro churches often left men and women disappointed at midnight. We have two types of Negro churches that leave men disappointed at midnight. One uh, freezes up, and the other one burns up. Now, the one that freezes up is that church, you know, that says it's a dignified church. (laughs) And uh, the preacher preaches a nice little uh, essay on Sunday. Yeah. said with all our minds. The other danger of this kind of church is that everybody involved will become so caught up in the irrelevant that they will not be concerned about the day-to-day trouble. It seems that I can hear the God of the universe saying, don't play with me and don't yes. play with my people. It right. right. seems that I can hear the God of the universe speaking to the Negro church and the white church also. He's saying, my people are hungry. Yes. Yes. They need a break. Yes. Don't play with me and don't play with them. They come at midnight seeking bread provided for them. If you don't do that, I won't hear your beautiful animals. You can preach your eloquent sermons. You can pray your powerful prayers, but I won't hear any of it because your hands are full of God, the thing that I'm concerned about is that you will let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. And if you want to know what it is that I require of you, it's simply this. Do just Love mercy and walk humbly with our God. This is what I require. We must never leave men and women disappointed at midnight. Come on with me a little further. I'm about to close out, but there are one or two other things I want to say.
3: The interesting
2: thing is that after that man knocked on that door, the man on the inside didn't open the door. The man on the outside kept knocking. The passage uses a big word, importunity. Importunity means persistence perseverance. It means, you know, to, to keep on keeping on. It means staying with it. It says that that man just kept knocking. Now, if you would allow me to use my imagination a minute, I'll tell you why he kept
3: knocking.
2: He realized that there some bread in that house. You see, if he had talked for one minute that there wasn't any bread in that house. He would have gone on to the, to the next house. He wouldn't have been wasting his time around there after he had been disappointed if he had thought there was no bread there. But deep down within, that man knew that there was some bread in that house. No, this is what we must hear today as the church. This is what I want to leave with the men here this morning and all of the members. Mount Zion you have the bread of life. Well keep the bread fresh. Uh-huh. Don't get don't let it get stale because somebody is coming by here yeah. well, to try to find a little bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some young man disillusioned about life. Gonna come by here one day. Well, well to try to get the bread of faith and the bread of hope keep it fresh. Some young person who has made a mistake in life, oh, caught up in tragic guilt feelings, come by here and one day. Somebody who made a mistake, some young person who tried to drown the guilt by finding it an elsewhere, they tried to find it in the nightclub, they didn't find it there, tried to find it in excessive drink, they didn't find it there, they tried to find it in sex promiscuity, they didn't find it there, but one day they are coming by here, warning the bread of forgiveness, and and you've got to keep it fresh enough to let them know that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, keep the bread fresh. One day, some old person is coming by, someone who has been through the morning of childhood and the noon of adulthood, and now they're moving toward the evening of life. They're worried about bad health. They're worried about death. They need a little bread to tie them over. One day they're coming by. Keep the bread fresh enough to let them know. They don't have to worry about death if they love God. Keep the bread fresh enough to let them know that death is not a period which ends this great sentence of life, but a comma that punctuates it to more loftier significance. Keep the bread fresh enough to let them know that death is not a blind alley that leads the human race into a state of nothingness but an open door that leads men into life eternal. Keep the bread fresh enough to crowd one day. I am persuaded that neither life nor death, angels nor principalities, things present nor things to come, and separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Keep the bread fresh. We have the bread of life in the church our job to keep it fresh. I'm coming on home now. But I don't want to sit down for fear. You may go away just spondering. I talked about midnight. I talked about
3: darkness.
2: And my last point is that man who knocked on the door was just to get enough bread to tide him over until the dawn. He knew that morning would
3: come.
2: I want to leave you this morning letting you know that however dark it is now, morning will come. Therefore, I'm not worried about tomorrow. There is the pendulum swinging in life, I guess. Between darkness and light, midnight and morning, and our slave's poor parents taught us so much. And that beautiful sorrow songs, one of which you sang so beautifully this morning, they looked at the midnight surrounding that day. They knew that there was sorrow and agony and hurt all around. When they thought about midnight, they would sing, Nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows the Jesus, but pretty soon something reminded them that morning would come and they started saying, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. This is it, my friends. I get kind of disillusioned about the race problem. I get worried about Alabama, and I get worried about
3: well,
2: and I get worried about all of these other places, and I get worried about the white backlash. But then ever and again, I go back to Alabama. The boss says to me, God has not yet turned this world over to Governor Wallace. And I can hear another voice saying, Earth is the Lord.
3: Yes.
2: And the fullness thereof.
3: Yes.
2: Morning will come. Yes. Centuries ago, Jeremiah, the great prophet, raised a very profound question. He looked at the inequities around, and he noticed a lot of things. He noticed the good people so often suffering and the evil people so often prospering. Jeremiah raised the question, is there no bomb? In Gilead, is there no position there? Well, centuries later our slave poor parents came along and they too confronted the problems of life had nothing to look forward to morning after morning but the sizzling heat. The rawhide crippled it over the long rows of cotton, but they did an amazing thing. They looked back across the centuries, they took Jeremiah's question mark and straightened it into an exclamation point, and they could sing, there is a barman to make the wounds yeah. right. There is in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Yeah. Then they came with another verse. Oh, I sometimes I feel discouraged. Yeah. And I don't mind telling you this morning, sometimes I feel discouraged. Well. Sometimes as I move about dealing with the race problem, I feel discouraged. Yeah. Having to live every day under the threat of death, there are times that I feel discouraged. Living with all kinds of abuse and criticism and misunderstanding, I feel discouraged sometimes. I go on back and listen to all of that verse sometimes. I feel discouraged and feel my works in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Philemon. So I can sing that and another song comes to me. I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus stand still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone.
1: All right. What a great message that we had there from Dr. Martin Luther King. A knock at midnight. We pray that you enjoyed that message there. We're going to uh, dedicate this show to Martin Luther King. Uh, last uh, Monday was uh, designated as Martin Luther King Day. We pray that you had an opportunity to do something I'll to give back, that you had an opportunity to, to encourage someone else to be strong in the Lord. you are listening to Free On The Inside, your host, Minister George Lewis. And I am so glad to be here. The call in number is three one zero nine eight two forty one. 26. Again, that number is 3109824126. You two can call in and voice your opinion and tell about uh, how uh, the activities of Dr. Martin Luther King and the other patriarchs of freedom change your life, change your life, change the lives of your family. You know, as we go on with the uh, re- uh, remainder of the show here, we want to continue to uh honor Dr. Martin Luther King on the day that was set aside for him, and we're going to uh, play another uh, powerful speech by him. We're going to pull one up here shortly, and we want you to be encouraged to uh, uh, and go out and do something for somebody, you know, and, and just help change a life, help change a life in Jesus' name here. And so I'm pulling up a, uh, one of his speeches right now. I don't see the one that I want, so we're going to just continue to talk just for a moment here. Again, uh, uh, our ministry is going over to the Cottrell House and carry our young men to be strong in the Lord. We have a couple of birthdays that we're going to honor uh, today, and we also have a, uh, a a presentation that we're going to give. and We're going to talk to them today out of the book of Mark, the ninth chapter here, and it says that uh, if you only if you only can believe, all things are possible. We're going to talk about dream chasers. We want our young people to continue to chase their dream. Continue to chase the goal and the vision that God has given them through men and women of faith. We want to encourage those men that the best is not uh, uh, have not passed them by. I'm saying those men because they're young boys now, but one day they're going to be men. One day they're going to be sitting in my spot. One day they're going to be doing the things that I cannot do. And so we want to let them know that God is preparing them right today. We don't know what the outcome is going to be, but God knows. And so we want to encourage those young men So to be about our father business. We want to encourage those young men to pursue uh a college education, uh uh pursue a trade school, pursue uh things that are uh, that are uh, uh uh that are beneficial to their uh to their well-being. And so we want to uh let them know that they can go to school. Let them know that uh that they don't have to be overly concerned about their future. They need to be concerned about it and, to the point that they need to be actively involved in in things around them. But they don't have to be uh, to the point where they just can't do anything. They just lose all hope because, uh, you know, it's not up to us. It's God that takes care of us, okay? But we have to position ourselves. I talk to our young men about positioning themselves, you know. In the Bible, it says a man named uh, Blind Bar Males in the Book of Mark, and they say that he positioned himself, the, on the wait on the roadside, waiting on Jesus to come back. I encourage those young men to position themselves for a blessing, position themselves for a breakthrough. Yes, things don't look right. Yes, they they having some difficult times. But guess what? If God be for you, who could be against you? You know. So I want to let them men know that that they can be successful in the sight of God, man, and themselves. I'm saying say it again. In the sight of God. Man and themselves, you know, because sometimes we get caught up trying to please other people. And you know, I'm guilty of that too. But sometimes we, the biggest, per, uh, the only thing that really matters is you, you know. And I know that you go to school, and I said that you go to school uh, to uh, for, to uh to measure your success and your capability of achieving your goal. That's for man' purpose. Just like if you go to a clerk, uh, you know, uh, go to a trade school, they want to know if you could be trained, if you can actually do the work that that you uh desire to do. And that's great and that's good because I trust a mechanic to be been going to school now, but some mechanics don't go to school. They got that natural ability to do the thing. Yeah. But if you got a shop and then you got one great big shop with several different bays and then you got this little bitty shop and the guy had been doing the same thing for years and year, I'm going to go to the big shop just to see if they you know, keep up with the uh with the technology because they ain't Things change. It. So, we want to be very mindful of that, and we want to let uh, our young men know that as the time changes, so should they change. And so should they continue to pursue the things that God put on their heart to do. And so, we'll uh, get ready for another Martin Luther King deal. Is, and, and this one here said, "Believing in yourself. Uh, believe it in yourself. All right, so we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to play a, a series of this for Martin Luther King. And carry you, you know, and uh, and you're listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Minister George Lewis, and so thank you for tuning in. I ask you to continue to tune in, continue to be a part of this great program. Continue to let God work His wonder-working power in your life. Amen. So we got Martin Luther King is coming up here next, and so we're gonna tune uh, in. Oh, nobody,
4: listen
1: so I'm to right him, Oh, bad him. Him, man. And he went up to the desk and he said to the clerk, I have a reservation. Martin Luther King, and the clerk says, I see it, but Dr. King, we don't take Negroes.
4: Need motivation? Watch a top 10 with Believe Nation. What's up? It's Evan. My one word is believe and I believe in you. I believe in that amazing gift you have inside you that I want to see come out. So let's get your motivation to attend and get you believing in you. Grab a snack and chew on today's lessons from a man who went from being whipped as a boy up to the age of 15 and being depressed for most of his life to being the most visible spokesperson and leader of the civil rights movement using non-violent tactics. Look, He's Martin Luther King, and here's afternoon. my take on his top ten rules of success. Alright, let's kick it off with rule number one, believe in yourself. I'm going to like this one. Number one in your life's
2: blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth, and always feel
4: that your life has ultimate significance. Martin Luther King talking about believe. I love it. I've never seen this clip before, and I'm so glad we were able to lead with it. Let's move on to rule number two, be fearless. Well, I don't know what will happen now.
2: We've got some difficulties ahead. It really doesn't matter with me now, yeah. because I've been to the mountain top. Yeah.
4: Because the next day He was assassinated And so pretty solid speech to go out on And his message definitely rang true Well beyond his years Okay coming up next Rule number three Fight for yourself I come here tonight
2: All
1: right. What a great message that by Martin Luther King. You can be successful. You need to believe in yourself. You'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside. We have our co hosts on the line here. I'm afraid that we may have missed them this morning. We got to listen to the program. Oh, man, I listen to the program just like you too. I'm encouraged by what I hear. I got to encourage myself. In turn, I go out and encourage someone else by what? By living that Christian life that I profess. Good morning, there, Brother Dan. You're on the net.
0: Good morning. How you doing, Reverend Lewis, today? And it's bright, wonderful, nice. blessed I'm, day. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Sorry about missing you. And hey, hey, man, we had a great broadcast this morning, man. It's always encouraging to hear Martin Luther King, man, and to think about the things that he had done. Because, you know, if it wasn't fit, been for him, where would we be?
0: Hmm. Yeah, where would we be as a people? You know, I was just listening to how he was talking about the different churches and the different techniques that the ministers do in the churches and how the churches uh, treat people and how they uh, uh, do things and how he said that some, you know, he went to England and he saw all those people and, you know, and the tunes of them, and he said they just, you know, how they mistreated, you know, people you no, know, and then on Sunday get up in the pool and they act like they high and mighty. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: And I know, man. That's mm. one of the pitfalls of our religion, cause people see it, see us, and then they say, "Hey, I saw you down here doing this, and I saw how you act in the marketplace, and I saw how you act on the job," and it kind of gives a a a, a, you know, a bad experience to those that are not uh, in in the body, those non Christians. But we, yeah. but we 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 have to do the best that we can.
0: Yeah, we have to make a change. We got to be the ones that maybe to establish the change or, or initiate the changes that what we want to happen. Because if not, everything Dr. King lived and died for it. It would, it would just be just 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 wasted time, you know. I and mean, you know, sometimes I I, I listen. To, you know, I'm not down and anything, but I listen. to, You know. How they could go out on Sundays and stuff when they have these parades and 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 it's so a lot of things that go on. You're know, enough. Everybody supposed to be happy and and glad because we have these freedom. But then again, at the same time, we're there, but we're not really all the way there that like we should be right now, as a people. No, you know, we're not. We're those, not. not. Yeah, you know, those that's have so been true. kicked go over. There, you know and the doors have been kicking open but things sometimes we as a as a as a people we still stumbling blocks on our own selves. You know? Because we have these freedoms but we have got uh uh we have got uh used to these free and we uh fallen asleep on the duty. I'll put it like that. We have fallen fallen asleep at on the post. You know, my daddy to tell me how he was in Germany, and sometimes he over there, you know, he be putting on guard duty, man. he say, over there in Germany, man, be about by by zero, ten degrees, man. You know, he'd be on duty, man. He had him on this little this, uh, coat, and he said, say, well, you get sleepy sometimes, but they say if you fall asleep on duty, guard duty, you could be put executed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Your and
0: that's a serious that's, thing. Court because your post fall or your post is very important because when you fall asleep, the enemy can sneak up on you, and that's what's so happening now.
1: Yeah, so some of us have fell asleep on on <laughs> at our, uh, on duty. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like. That. I could probably yeah. make a message out of that. There, you know, and that, that it's so true, brother Daniel. You know, as we was uh, honoring Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, you know, with the uh, uh, with with the speeches that he had done, it brings back to my remembrance of how, of back many years ago, how we as a black race, we were very committed to the well being of ourselves and our community and the nation as a whole. We all pulled together. We supported black owned businesses. We supported the writers and the authors, and we supported uh, businesses in general. But now people just don't seem to have that support, and the people that we are supporting don't care about us. You know, you go to a place, if you ain't, if you short a dollar, they said, no, nah, you can't handle this. If you short a dollar. They said, no, nah, you need to get out of here and come back with the right amount of money. But in the, in yeah. the neighborhood yeah. I grew up in and you grew up in, and we were short some money. The guy said, okay, I know you, you're you a customer, and I, want it, and I value you as a customer. And then if things were not mm-hmm. right, we could take stuff back. And now you buy something like at yeah. the store, you walk out, you say, "Oh wait a minute, this ain't what I want." You turn right back around and go back to the same guy. He's like, wait a wait man. I'm not taking that back. Well, I just want another one. No, you got that. I don't want it back.
0: No refund. No refund. No refund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, and yeah. that's disheartening. Uh-huh. And then we keep on supporting places like that. So they say, "Hey, I can yeah. do what I want to them because they, I got their business. They, they're not going to go anywhere else." And, yeah. and it's really well, a see, just what I, But what I was I'll saying, that, that's why i man. go back
0: to that point that we were saying. That we were saying, Reverend Lewis, that we fell asleep. We fell asleep. We let these other folks come into our neighborhoods and basically take over. You know, I'm not yeah. down yeah. in it because I, I believe that everybody has a right as being a, uh, as a as Americans in order to prosper and have prosperity and have good jobs and to be able to be an and know, yeah, uh, have their own businesses and stuff like that. But but for I'm saying we we fell asleep and we let them sleep yeah. up on us. Yeah, you we know. did. And,
1: and, and you know and, and it's not so much as uh that we, that the people that are outside our culture, and our race is being successful, that we're not being successful ourselves, and we're not being committed. I could have a tie shop, but I got I drive several cars. Why am I having a tie shop? I go to a beauty shop. Or, I'm saying for a woman, and why can a woman have a beauty shop per se, like we have them on every corner and throughout the uh, neighborhood and around the country? You know, we are we're not. We're not available to have those businesses, those flourishing businesses, those businesses that have a longevity. You know, because we'll start a business two years later, the doors are closed, and someone else comes in, and they're making Mm -hmm. money that we say, Wow, I just couldn't be successful. What what, what about your business practice? Are you honoring your customers? You know, that's one thing about us. We Mm -hmm. have to honor our customers, man. We have to take value in them. I'm not going to miss you because you're. You know, you my livelihood. So if you are uncomfortable with something, if I need to change a little something, provided it's not jeopardizing my business, so yeah. If I got to get people in there that, mm-hmm. that treat our customer with respect, I'm gonna get somebody in there. I keep using you. I put you in the back where you don't. You stack boxes or something. <laughs> I bring somebody else out here that's that's gonna cater to the customer need until you develop. I ain't gonna fire you, but I'm
0: gonna mm-hmm. give you an
1: opportunity to develop. And that's what we have to do. Yeah. We so use we so uh, we so uh, easily. A disqualifying people. You know, oh, you didn't yeah. catch on. You can't read the strip, you mm-hmm. right. You're not praying, right, so this ain't for you. You know, now let that person develop. And guess what? If they're not mm-hmm. right for the job, boy, they'll put in their hearts and they'll come to a, a, a measure in their own mind. Hey, this isn't for me. But you're not to make that
0: comment. Yeah, you, you know, like uh, I was learning that, uh, that's just one thing I like. Everybody learns at their own pace. Everybody develops us on their own pace, you know. Like uh, yeah. I learned it when I first started going to school and learning how some kids, you know, you just don't down them because they don't learn at the same uh, period of development. They they learn right later on. Everybody has their own point of uh, of learning, you know, and yeah. and you know, and, there's an, and at the end of the, the the finish line, we all catch up together, you know. That's where it is.
1: And that's that's something that we have to learn to deal with each other because I'm going over to the juvenile department today that I stated earlier, and we'll be talking about – you don't believe it in yourself. You know in the Book of Mark, what Jesus said, "If you only mm-hmm. can believe, all things are possible." But you have to pursue those dreams. Really, and being pursuing those dreams, you got to get educated and informed about the things you do. I want to be a mechanic, but so I mean that I got to study books on mechanic. I got to uh, apply myself. I got to get the tools. You know what I'm saying? I believe in that, but yeah. I also something. there's some work that goes along with that. I want to be a musician, mm-hmm. but I mean that I'm gonna have to, uh, re, uh, you know, make myself available to to learn that craft, to study, you know, to practice. Yeah. Yes, I believe I can do these things. But without that actually working, without that actually uh being uh uh performing those things uh your know, your belief is just a dream.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. And dreams yeah. can not come true but it's gonna be a lot longer, you know, where you take a guy that's going to school to be uh, you know, say a cook versus a guy that's just cooking at the house. He's going to learn a different skill mm-hmm. while he's out there in culinary yeah. school. You know what I'm saying? And then the yeah. one that I watch the cooking mm-hmm. show, and I see how she she makes some beautiful uh, uh, <laughs> dinners and some desserts, but I don't know the ingredients. I don't know how you prep an oven. I don't know how you, you know, uh, 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 set the pans with the oil and stuff, you know. And She said, yeah, I'll do a cup of this, but she's not telling me what is the exact measurements and stuff, you know. So you can mm-hmm. learn those things, but it just takes a little longer. But if you got somebody yeah. else that can say, "Hey, yeah. this is what you do. This is a teaspoon versus a tablespoon. This is an ounce versus you know uh, whatever the measurements could be for cooking," you know. And so yeah. we need uh, we need to uh, you know we need those things, man.
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about how uh, you know we say the Jewish district system the. Uh, the pill system is supposed to uh, teach uh, men or uh, uh, rehabilitate men instead of letting them come back into this revolving door uh, process. And if you look at it, a lot of our men, young men, mostly, and a lot of people like me and you, when we were growing, we were seeing that how, man, they'd get out of jail and then you look around about six more months, they'd be right back in again. You know, and this thing has went on for about 20 years, 20 or 30 years. You know, you can go and, you know, and the guy tell me, man, all you have to do, look at me, is look at them up under the tree. The same people you saw 10 years ago, you get back out, the same people be right up under that tree over there in South dollars. <laughs> you know?
1: I know, it breaks your heart, man. And even today, you see people, the tree is gone, but the mindset is still there. They still... <laughs> they just still yeah. hang around in a field that used to be flourishing with so trees, they, and grass and now it's flourishing with broken glass, cigarette butts, just a lot of waste, man.
0: You know, and so that's what they're doing. They're they they're trying to destroy these uh holding towards uh these uh places what they accumulate in because but at the same time ignorance is you know, there's a mindset. It's inside yeah. your mind. Poverty is inside your mind. You know, basically, it's not in a situation. It's inside that person. It has to be refined, and basically, it has to be upheld and almost destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You have to destroy these thinking, you know, yeah. and get a new mindset. I,
1: you know, Ricky, this is the year 2019, and it is no different than what it was in 1971, 1969 You know, just the, the people that change Because of the process of time You know, but things are still the same Economic wise, you know, they give you money But it ain't enough You know, back then we were making cents an hour Now you be making $18 an hour But the cost of living is so that At $18 an hour Equates to $1.65 an hour Cause we just come from a yeah. nation that just did a shutdown of the federal government, man. And then they see people say that we living from check to check. Can you imagine? These people probably making twenty one dollars an hour, thirty dollars an hour, and they living from check to check. They no different than you and I. We mm-hmm.
4: have a job, that, yeah.
1: Man, I yeah. make eighteen dollars an hour, but yeah, my bills. I, you know, I pace my spend of uh, my money. And mm-hmm. so there's an economic imbalance there, cause you got these people that are well off. They're not concerned with it. I'm not worried about gas. Yeah. You know, I don't even buy gas. I just got three. I got, I got three cars sitting in the front yard. I got a driver that I want to go. Out. You think I worry about gas? Let gas,
0: you know, make sure uh, I got
1: gas before they even get me the car. The last time they ever did, stopped at a gas station.
0: Mm-hmm. I knew one guy. He said he was he had a lot of money, but all of a sudden he, his bills started getting cut off. This man. Well, my bills come. Cool, see, man. I don't even worry about bills. I got somebody else pay my bills for me. But if he did it, he's not doing his job. You know. So yeah, basically, yeah. they they don't really care. You know. No, they because don't. That's just, why they they got other things they got to worry about. You know. Yeah,
1: and, and that's why they con- lack like overly concerned with people that are not making a a payment. They say, oh yeah, they'll be all right. You know, they can just take some time mm-hmm. off work and it as a vacation. Hey, that's well, that's well, <laughs> and good. But if you ain't got no money, you you know you know we, we done had have vacation when we broke. We we had a vacation. We can't do nothing. You can't leave the house. You can't go out to the mall or dinner because hey, I'm, I'm on vacation, but I don't have no money. <laughs> you know, and that's a that's a sorry vacation, brother.
0: Yeah. So, you know, so what, right, we what we through, going to now, our, our nation right now is going through this uh, government shutdown. Uh, you see a lot of people right now, and, you know, a lot of those controllers and the government people, man, they make pretty good money. This. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm yeah. not saying that really they might really go hungry or whatever, but they got people. And if they really make a lot of money, they should at least have good credit. And at the same time you have people out there basically will lend them money until their ship come in. You know what I saying? You know what I'm just detail, to say, man, lend me a couple of thousand dollars till my ship come in. Like, Let me five dollars until I get paid next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but
1: you okay, know go what? Go no matter how much money we make, we tend to always buy more than what we can do. You know, I got a car and I got good money, but hey, wait a minute, I'm gonna go buy another car. You know, and all that you know, mm-hmm. we always try to uh, you know, keep pace with the money we have You know, you, you see it every year Income tax, you go to income tax People go out and buy this stuff So they're saving that income tax money They're going buy them You know, they buy brand new TVs Everybody got a phone, <laughs> you know They buy calls and, and six months later, a year later All that stuff is wasted, you know
0: hmm. But you, that's the so, way they do Because, you know, we are programmed Yeah, that's what they we do that We've been programmed we too Make yeah, we've been programmed
1: know, know. Yeah, mm-hmm. Br- Brother Daniel, I got to get on out of here, man. I, I'm so sorry that we uh, we missed you earlier, man. But I love this line of conversation here. I tell you what, we're going to pick it up again next week, if Lord willing. And uh, I promise, okay. you know, that I'll be more attuned to it. I was just listening to the program, man, and got so caught up. To, I get some, I get encouragement, yeah. man, off of, off of speeches yeah. like that. Model D and the other men and women's man, that's encouraging me. To be strong in the Lord, encouraging me to take care of my father's business. This is more than just words, brother. These are principles. These are a way of life, man. I love a good message, but well, you know, message, what am, what am I to do with that message? When they say, "Go ye therefore," it sounds good, but what am I to go? What am I to do? If you study God's word, He'll show you what to do. And that by the fact, mm-hmm. Just go and just show some love Wherever you go You ain't got to be yeah. no missionary You ain't got to go to jail or the streets or whatever <laughs> Just wherever you go Just show the love of Christ Jesus in your life That's where you go yeah. And by this yeah. all men will know that you my disciples If you love ye one another yeah. Awesome that brother
0: awesome. Yeah Amen, yeah. Amen. I right, uh, you know I'm getting tired of here, I'm man. Gonna... You
1: got a few words So you want to share before we get out of here Yeah
0: Okay. Um, right now, I, I'm going to ask every, every listener in the sound of the voice. i like to ask them we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for America, that we learn how to be compassionate to each other, uh, despise the surrounding things that we're having to us, And what's happening to our nation, to our government, to our people that is involved and we ask to pull us together as a nation, as a nation of people, no matter what color or what race or religion, we all need to bind together as one in order to fight the opposition, which is the Satan that's making us be bold, loyal to each other, being, being um, argumentative, wanting to fuss and want to argue and disagree with each other. We we counsel the spirit of disagreement, uh, disarray. We counsel it in the name of Jesus. We ask for us to pull together to be a nation of people. Let us be able to agree, agree. To love each other. That's what I'm saying to you, Lewis. Oh, that's powerful, you that able now, to yeah, that's Love. Powerful. Yeah, love oh, those each other. I are some great
1: words keep. to close out the program, man. I want to thank you once again for, for uh, helping with this program. You're our co-host, so thank you for coming on here as often as possible. And you know, your voice is is always a positive influence. Uh, to me and, uh, and to our listening audience, man, your voice that's hurling in the midst of a, of a storm and chaos. Speaking of men and women, boys and girls, to be strong, be courageous, and fear not. Thank you, brother Daniel. If we get mm-hmm. ready to get out of here, but we're going to close out the Word of prayer. Your Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what we experienced. Thank you for what the patriarchs are all done, The Lord. As they said in the book of Hebrews, we've been surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses. We, too, can lay out every weight and sin that's so easily entangled, The Lord. We don't have to fall into every. Uh, every uh, uh, scheme of means Dear Lord But we're, we're able to Go uh, so, uh, Do so above those things Dear Lord Give us the ability Dear Lord To, uh, to straighten up The crooked path Dear Lord Was this economy Dear Lord Let us be able to Straighten out Our own economy, Let it overflow Into our community Into the nation Dear Lord And we and we help our loved ones, Lord. let that help come from above. Let it be done uh, decent and in order with respect and with dignity. Dear Lord. Let them know that the same thing that, uh, that, uh, uh, that's that been exposed to them, they are said to go to, and help someone else in the name of Jesus. Precious Lord our God, as we get ready to depart from this program, we ask you, Lord, to continue to bless us, show us favor throughout the day, and let us show favor to those that we encounter. Let us show the help. The hand of God in our everyday life. Continue to watch over Brother Daniel. Continue to watch over our listening audience, dear Lord. And we pray that all things are well. Looking forward to this, uh, been on this program again next week. We close out with a word of thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Brother thank Daniel. God bless you, listening audience. And we'll be back next week in the name of Jesus. Amen.